Amen. Amen. Well, you may take your seats. Well, it's great to be here. How have we all been feeling about this sunshine that's come out this week? I know, the Gretzingers may have brought it out this week, but we hit over 20, which is quite incredible. It's been very cold. It's been very wet, Dean. Since you've left, the sun left, and you've come back, and the sun is here, and all is good. But it has been, I hope your week has been a great week, and um, I was chatting with someone earlier, and the week started off bad, but it ended really good. And it's great that together, that we come together to praise the name of Jesus. That in this place, I'd ask this question this morning, that as we're continuing our series in Colossians, that no plus one, actually a funny side story, as we've been talking about all these awkward moments of that no pl- um, the plus one person that's been invited into maybe a party or a wedding and you're there as a guest. I got to experience this as um, we went to Tyler's 21st and my daughter, who they're they're close friends, um, but <laughs> that's what we call them. But as we went to this party, one of the um, close friends, Auntie Michelle, will call her, but her name's Michelle, and um, she was talking to Sue and Roger, the parents, to say, "Oh, maybe we'll take a photo." And um, she was suggesting to Roger and Sue that they take the photo of Tyler, Sasha, Roger, and Sue. Of course, Chantel's in now. Come here, child. But um, no, that's funny. Sorry, guys. But it was just a funny, in the moment, she had no clue about that until I've just told her. Um, But it was just one of those moments that, you know, as we're talking about this no plus one, that as we're talking about, you know, Jesus being that front and center of who we need, of who we rely on, who leads us and guides us, that there isn't all the additional things that is required, that in Christ Jesus, that he fulfills all those things for us. And this morning, the idea of this is living, what does it look like for us? to be living a life that that is alive in Christ. You know, what does that look like for you to be living? Is it something that is hinged on or wrapped up in the idea of maybe one Powerball and I'm out of here, I'll be living then? Or is it maybe these hopes and dreams that you have that you're like, if I get that place, if I get to that place, I'll be living, I'll be alive, I'll be excited. But over here today, we, we, as Christ followers, what does it look like to be living as though Christ is alive in our life? To be living a life that is um, fulfilling that, you know, Christ in us is seen through us. You know, to live from that place that Christ has risen and we are with him. That I am alive in Christ. That I am a joint heir of Jesus. That I am a member of Christ's body. That I am complete in Jesus. I am Jesus' friend. I am seated in heavenly places. I am a child of God. How's your week been? Has it reflected that? Has it reflected that place of being alive in Christ, seated next to him in those heavenly places that, you know, in Christ Jesus, as for any one of us that has made that decision to follow Christ, that, you know, it's true for us. That, you know, Jesus be our friend, that we seated with him, that we are a child of God. And out of that place do we walk and live alive in who he is. So today we'll be going to looking into that. And we're looking as Paul talks to um, the church. And in Colossians 3 verses 1, we're going to pick up that story. Are we all ready? We're all ready to be transformed by the word of God? Come on, let's go. It's a good crowd. Okay. Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, non-earthly things. 
for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also will, so then you also will appear with him in glory. This idea of living for Christ starts with Christ. It may seem simple, but I think for some of us that we think living for Christ means, okay, I'll go about doing what I need to do. But that idea of coming back to the the idea that, you know, it all starts with Christ. To live our lives starts from this recognizing and this position of what he says here, that, you know, we are seated at the right-hand side of the Father, that we are seated in heavenly places, and it's from that place that we live out our lives. That, you know, for each one of us, this picture that is painted is very different to maybe how we would see and we would walk out of. But that place of being, actually, you and I are both seated at the right hand of God. I don't know for you, but for me, I just find it sometimes hard to get my head around that thought. What, me? Yes, each one of us. We are seated at the right hand of God. And that position of, actually, you are a child of God. That you are, you are seated right next to him. Have you ever had that, maybe remember a time where you have been picked up by your father or some adult as a child and you've been picked up and you've been placed on their shoulders you know that that point that you know maybe you were a small person and you've been picked up and that idea of getting on their shoulders in this high place changes everything you start squealing you start getting excited you start getting thrilled by what you get to see from this position of I am standing on top of my dad's shoulders I am seated here and it is exciting. I can see everyone at eye level as opposed to down here and things look differently. Our perspective changes as a result of being seated somewhere a little bit different. You know, from a three-year-old to someone sitting on a shoulder of a, a, a dad or an older sibling looks very differently. And it's almost like you see the courage and the excitement and this often the squeals of excitement that come as a result of just being placed from seeing yourself down here as opposed to seeing yourself on the shoulders of the father. Uh, we had a, had a trip a while ago where our little youngest one, he's 14 now, but he was five at the time. And it was a long trip. It was a nine-week holiday. And part of that was he had only just turned five while we away. But he loved the security of the stroller. He loved being in that thing and we travelled many, many miles walking along and, and journeying through all these holidays where you get to see all different things and experience different things, mostly on foot. And part of that, that trip was to be able to go to Disney World in Orlando and it was a three-week pass. I don't know how ridiculous, I'll never do that again. But it was, um, <laughs> it was a lengthy, long set of time where there was many, many miles walked. But as we were doing that the stroller broke. So being the caring, loving parents that we are, we're like, okay, Ben, it's time to walk now. (laughs) It's time to walk. There we are, not buying another pram. You don't need this. You're big enough now. You're five years old, man up. It's time to walk. But in in being at Disneyland, Disney World, that the idea that you're always in crowds and you're always shimming through all these people, realizing that really his perspective and view was the behind of someone in front of him. That, that butt in front of him, that's really all he was seeing because everyone's like crowded in. But then there was comes a time where we felt sorry for the child and um, we would put him either mostly on the oldest son's shoulders, Jacob, but sometimes on Jeff 
And he actually could see Dr. Seuss and he could see all these things. And he was excited, not only that he got to see these things, but that position of seeing things from a different place. That once that he was seeing all these behinds in front of him, he is now seeing actually what is taking place. He is seeing from a different angle. He's seeing from a different perspective. And there's, there's a difference in that view of actually where do we see ourselves today? You know, are we looking from a perspective of actually what is directly in front of us? Or are we looking at a perspective of actually we are seated at the right hand of the Father? And as we're seated with Him, next to Him, knowing that we are a child of God, knowing who we are in Christ, that do you know what? The perspective of what we see in front of us changes a whole lot. It changes dramatically that as you see you see the situations, as you see circumstances, as we're dealing with people, things change as we do sit next to the Father and we look at a different position of where we're, we're looking at. That it is in Christ that we are seated with and in Him and through Him that we see things totally different. It changes our perspective, it changes our approach, it will change our thoughts, it will change our view, it will change our heart, it will change our mind. That as we sit next to him, as we look from a different angle, as we look from a different perspective, that in Christ, that everything changes. You know, those things that were suddenly difficult start looking a little bit different. Our hearts and our minds start transferring different things, transforming into different things that as we look from a place seated next to Christ, that through the love of Christ, that things start looking very differently through it. That, you know, as we start walking into schools and shops and workplaces, that, you know, as we start looking from a perspective that is next to Christ, that as we show up, Christ shows up. That as we walk into places, Christ is seen. And that comes from this, this idea of, you know, we are seated right next to him. And that idea that, you know, we are the same in Christ. That Christ is in us, that Christ is seen through us. And it all starts with him. In verse 5 it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malicious, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of the Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. I love that, you know, as this section wraps up, that Christ is all and is in all. I love that in this, this place, as Paul writes this and paints this picture, that there is no, there is no barrier that there is no nationality, no race, no education level, no wealth or religion that separates us. There's no barriers there. And he talks about this whole idea that there will be no barriers, that each one of us are equal. 
no matter what we've traveled through, no matter what we have done, that Jew or Gentile, whatever you are, that there are no barriers to coming into that relationship with Christ Jesus. That there is nothing that should stop you or me in being able to approach anyone into this loving arms of the Father. That we don't need to build up any walls, but actually in Christ Jesus, all those walls come down. There are no barriers there. And it's a, it's a journey for each one of us. And that journey of, you know, walking and being made a bit more alive in Christ. There is that part where he speaks into his here of taking off the old. You know, for each one of us, there's the, the moments where Christ speaks to us. And he calls us to this place where it's time to take things off. It's time to take those, those old things, the old ways off our lives. And I love that through Christ, he does that with such uh, a love for us. That he says, as you're taking that off, that you're making more room for me to be a part of you. That as you're taking those old things away, that I can be increased a little bit more in who you are. You know, taking these things off, uh, the things that belong to our earthly nature. You know, sometimes for, for us, it can become comfortable and easy to hold on to those things. But I love that Christ calls us to be transformed a little bit more into who he is, to be a little bit more shaped into who he's calling us to do, to be. And as part of that, he's, he calls us to take a little bit of stuff off, stuff that are occupying spaces where he needs to occupy. And I look back and I, I think for myself and, you know, going back 5, 10, 15 years ago, and all the, all the stuff and all the layers of taking off the old in my own life, and I love that as I look back and see those things that have been taken away, that we stand and we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm not that same person as I was. Thank you, God, for the layers that you've shedded off my life, that now you occupy those spaces. And for each one of us, we'll never arrive there. And we're always on that journey of taking off the old. And he calls us to take that off. And it's through the taking off that, you know, he does that through love. He does that through his grace and he does that through his mercy. That as we're, as we're even looking at this list that, you know, Paul speaks of all these different things. And, and one of those caught my eye and it's that whole idea of lying. Now, I looked up on um, TED Talk this week. Um, there's this um, TED Talk on spotting liars would you believe? And it, it, it spot, and he, she's talking all about all these things, but it was interesting, some of the facts that she was saying in, through their research and through what they found through lying, that everybody lies. Every one of us, we all lie. And that idea, and she went on and she shared a few things. She said that, you know, you may be lied to 10 to 200 times per day, white lies mainly, but it's pretty incredible, right? 10 to 200, that's huge. Strangers lied three times in the first two minute, 10 minutes of meeting each other. We, um, extroverts lie more than introverts. Men lie eight times more to protect themselves. Women lie more to protect other people. If you're married, you'll lie one in every 10 interactions. What? <laughs> Interesting, right? Yeah. So what does that look like for us? That, you know, through all the walking with Christ, you know, putting to death some of this stuff, that for each one of us, we can identify, we know that we all tell a few little white lies, that, you know, we ha through Christ Jesus, what I love, what he does, is that he destroys the strength of these earthly things. 
there's destroys the strength of that that um, earthly, this natural nature of ours that will want to do um, hold on to all these things out of the old ways. But through Christ, he um, he puts those things to death, and through his love and his grace and his mercy, he says, "Come on, we'll take it off. Come on, it's time to to let go of that one thing." I had a, a trip in May where you know I was able to go away with a girlfriend and we walked the Camino track, not all of it, but all of it is 800 kilometres. We did 270 k's in 11 days, which was, it was okay, we survived, we survived. I had very sore knees, very sore knees. But through that time, you know, the week leading up to that trip away, that I recognised and realised there was all sorts of things bubbling up in my soul, that I was recognising that, you know what, the wind's knocked out of my sails. The heart's feeling pretty heavy. And it was like the God moment to be able to go away and walk and talk and laugh and cry on that track, to be able to deal with those things, the old ways that have creeped into my life, to be able to say, God, you know, take that away. And through his love and his grace that, you know, he just peels it all away. And for each one of us, you know what, it takes time to you know carve out space to be able to even realize what is in our hearts because often we get pretty busy and we don't realize what is in there to be able to have space and time to be able to sit before the father and see what is in there that actually you know maybe that needs to go maybe that isn't great maybe those old ways it's time to be shed that through that and through the circumstances of you know having that moments with god that you know it would change the way i was looking at things it changed my heart. It changed the way I was listening to him. And I, I love that in those moments where God enables us to come before him and be able to just shed those things, that he does a mighty work in us to create more space to work through. As we grow in the image of our creator, I love that all these things just drop off us, that as he increases, these things start to decrease that he becomes a little bit more alive and, and, and seen in our lives. And all those things lose their grip on us. In verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you ha has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I love that as the old is taken off, that we put the new on. That we're able to put these, new, these virtues upon us that, you know, speak of God's love, his kindness, his patience. That, you know, over here as Paul identifies these, these sections of, you know, what is, what is sins of sexual attitude and behaviour, you know, the immorality, the impurity, the lust, or the sins of speech where he talks about lying and slander and d dirty language. Then he says over here, and then there's the signs of love, which are mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness, patience and forgiveness. And through each one of us that we get this opportunity that as we come before God, that we take off the old, but we put on the new. That, you know, once was rage is now mercy. That once was um, impurity is now kindness. Once was lust is humility. 
once was greed is patience. That we get to walk in this. And Paul talks here about this being able to forgive others. And I recognize that, you know, as we are forgiven, as we remember what Christ has done in our life, it's easy to turn around and forgive someone else because we understand all the layers that God has taken off us. We understand all what God has forgiven us for. And over here he says that, you know, forgive others, that God has taken some stuff off us and we're able to forgive others, understanding just how much we have been forgiven, understanding how much God has done in our own lives, that through those moments that we get to recognize just how much God has has journeyed with us, how much God has worked in our lives to be able to bring us to this place that we're in. And it's so easy as we recognize those moments to be able to forgive those around us. And I love that over here, that uh, all these virtues that Paul talks about, he says, bind them with love. That, you know, as all those things come on, that through love, through the understanding of what Christ has done for us, that we are able to show kindness, that we are able to be patient, that we are able to be humble. That is through the love of Christ for us that we are able to just bring it all in and work out of that place that Christ so loved us, that we love others. In verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly and as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, living over here, it paints this picture of through Christ and together as the body and the, and, and the church, that together we live in this ebb and flow, that living together in this flow, you know, where the tide goes out and the tide comes in, whether you're on the highest mountain or the lowest valley, they'll know us by our love. They will know us by, you know, the peace that rules over our hearts. That over here, as um, we, we look at that word rule over our hearts, it, it's this idea of um, a language from athletics. And it says that um, Christ's peace be the umpire and the referee in our heart. That ruling of peace over our heart, there'll always come times when there's, there's clashes for what will, what will happen in our worlds. You know, clashes for fears and hopes, distrust and trust, jealousy and love. That, you know, let peace rule. That let peace umpire, referee what, is, what we're facing with. I'd love to invite the band up if I can. That as Christians of one body, that we should live in peace and love. That, you know, the Bible talks about that they would know you by your love. And I love that picture that, you know, no matter where we're at, you know, the people that are looking in, that they will know us by our love. Now, I remember a time that, you know, that orientation stage of life, when you're going from transitioning from year seven to year eight, it's now year six to year seven, and going into high school. And towards the end of that year seven, that, you know, you go for that moment to go check out the high school and, and check out, you know, where you'll, your locker will be, where you'll be positioned and all these things. And I remember, um, you know, getting on the bus for that. And I'm number five of six children in our family. And I remember stepping on the bus 
and looking up and they said, are you a Sutton? And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> they recognised me because of my brothers and my sister ahead of me. They recognised I was from that same family. And as I look at this scripture, I look at, you know, they will recognise us for our love. They will recognise us as the body of believers, that through this, that peace will rule over our hearts. That, you know, as we're, as we're doing that and as we're recognising that, you know, Christ who allows that peace that surpasses all understanding over our hearts. That, you know, people would see that, will know that. That people would see the love for one another. That, you know, as, um, as Dean said earlier, you know, the songs that are sung out of that place of being in Christ, the songs that are sung that are thanksgiving from what we have been forgiven of, that thanksgiving from those that look to the future as though that grave is, is being conquered. That we give thanks and we sing songs with gratitude in our hearts to the one that has forgiven much in our lives. That as we, we wrap up today, I'd love um, if we can stand and as we stand, I'd love to pray for us that we're going to go into a song, we're going to sing um, Pursue. And we, we get an opportunity here to sing again to the one who loves us more, that loves us dearly. And I'll pray that, you know, that peace would rule and reign in our hearts. Heavenly Father, that today I, I pray that in this place for every heart that, Lord, looks to you, that, Lord, that you are Lord and Saviour of our hearts. I pray that we'd have a great sense and a picture that we are seated right next to you. That, Lord, in you, Christ, that you are seen through our lives. That, Lord, as we go into our weeks, that um, that peace that would rule in our hearts. That, Lord, that understanding that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is at work in and through us. That, Jesus, that we ask that you would, you would come any storms in our hearts that right now we pray that your peace would rule that your love would come and cover Holy Spirit we thank you in Jesus name